So, uh, today we're going to talk about the idea of the Word of God, uh, the Bible, but also uh, something more than that, that the Word of God is not just the Bible, but we'll see. So often, often, when we talk about the Word of God in church, we're talking about Scripture and the Bible, and the Bible's good, and Scripture's good, but first and foremost, we should know that the Word of God has a name, is a person, and wants to be known. The Word of God, most of all, was Jesus come down. But we get to know the man by reading the Word. We get to know his love by reading the Word. Uh, We get to know that. Now, yesterday in the coronation, Dan, this was what was said, and it was one of my favorite bits in uh, a very interesting, very weird kind of thing watching on. What was really funny for me as a trained minister was knowing what they were trying to do behind the scenes. So there was this idea of like prophet, priest, and king going on in the service. They, they did the bit first with the word of God, and then they anointed him with oil, and then they did the king bit. It's interesting. But there's this really good prayer that says this, right? And I think this is an epic prayer about the Bible. It says this, Sir, to keep you ever mindful of the law and the gospel of God as the rule for the whole life and government of Christian princes, receive this book. He was given a Bible. I love this. The most valuable thing that this world affords. Here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. Now, for me, the person in the book is the most valuable thing that this world has been given. But the Bible tells us about him. But I don't know about you. Part of me was like, oh, I should read that book. It sounds quite good, doesn't it? Not so sure. Uh, Dan, next slide. I want to tell you a story. It's not true, but it's mildly funny. Once in Yellowstone National Park, there was a park ranger who loved giving tours to tourists. He would love to walk them through the national park, pointing out the plants and the animals and the sights. As a park ranger, though, he was also responsible for safety. And so regularly throughout his walks and talks, his walkie-talkie would make noises. Come in, Darren. Darren, come in. And Darren would ignore it because he was showing everyone the beautiful things of the world and enjoying nature. Then it happened more and more. Darren! Darren, come in, Darren. Darren, listen to me. Darren was getting irritated at this point. The tour was going really well. There was someone from Birmingham, and I can't do their accent, but they were like, ooh, it's lovely. (laughs) And Darren was getting annoyed that this thing was here, and it kept distracting and kept uh, sort of making funny noises. Finally, he walks a bit faster, and again it goes, Darren, 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 come in, please. And Darren, at this point, was so irritated that he turned it off and put the, the walkie-talkie in the backpack. About 20 minutes later, a breathless, sweaty other ranger came running up to Darren going, Hey, Darren, Darren, why isn't your walkie-talkie working, Darren? That's my best American accent. Darren was like, ah, it was annoying me, man. I was doing the tour. And the guy said, Darren, we've been trying to warn you about that giant bear over there that's about to eat your group. We ignore God's word if we're careful at our peril. And maybe there are some bears around. But I've got a question for you. Here's your question. What other images is the Bible like or described as being like? So we've talked about it being like a sword in our verse. It says, Uh, the spirit, uh, the word is like a sword. Have a little chat together. What other 
things is the Bible described as being like? Do you get your kids involved if you can? What other things might it be like? You can make up your own, or if they're in the Bible, things that you know, have a little chat. Okay, make up your own. What other things is the Bible like? We talked about like a walkie-talkie to warn you of safety things, like a sword. Have a little chat together. What else might it be like? Get your kids involved. Okay, okay. Let's hear, let's hear. Let's hear it. Other images, what have you got? What have you got? A shield. The Bible's like a shield because it helps us to know what's coming, what life's like. It helps us to feel strong when we're under attack. That's a great one, a shield. What's the Bible like? A lamp and our guide. There's a Bible verse about that, isn't it? It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's a guide. It's a light. It shows us in the dark where we can go. Yes, Peter. God breathed. It's not just written on a page. It's actually life from God. The idea is that God breathed into Adam and gave life and that scripture has been breathed as well. Like, I don't know about you. You're still looking like you don't want to read this thing. Let's keep going. What else we got? What's that? Protecting that the Bible is a protector for us. Yeah. I love that. The Bible is the marrow that holds the bones. It's inner strength. It's, it's that. Yeah, what else is it? Yeah, at the back, what have you got? What's the Bible like? Shout it out, read it out. The story of life and everything was that. And a mighty lion. Amazing, yeah? It has a power to kind of do cool stuff. I, I don't know about you, this sounds like a good book, yeah? Some of you still look unconvinced. <laughs> And maybe it's because I'm preaching to the converted. But, okay, let, let's do it in a different way. Uh, tell me your favorite film or story. Ready? Favorite film or story. And I'll tell you uh, how it copied it from the Bible. Ready? Right. Fav- the Lion King. Okay? Lion King. Father figure sacrifices himself to save someone else. Okay? Uh, there's this new promise coming, a new kingdom coming. One day everything's made new and perfect. The hyenas that want to tear us apart. Okay? Great picture of like... God's kingdom in in judges, in kings, but more than that, the promise here for a boy lifted up on the cross to die. Love that. Okay, copy from the Bible. Absolutely copy from the Bible. Yeah, let's go. Footloose, okay? Uh, Easy, easy. David dancing before the Lord. His feet are loose. There are people judging him for doing it, but he's there going, nah, I will become more undignified than this. Easy one. Footloose, easy. Let's keep going, Chris. The Italian job. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. Okay, let's, let's start. Um, some really bold raids in Judges by Samson and other judges to go and steal things from the Philistines. There's a little bit where Samson literally blows the doors off. Gone with the wind. Well, firstly, some problematic stuff about slavery that the Bible speaks about. Some amazing stuff about loving the foreigner. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember the other bits. Um, the book is a Bible that quite a lot of people don't really... No, that's Casablanca, the thing I'm thinking about. But um, what I will say is as well that in Ecclesiastes, it says that life is a little bit like the wind, or chasing after the wind, that life sometimes can be considered a running after the wind. The title of the film is Gone with the Wind. Any more? Yeah, keep going. Avatar. Okay. The idea of, is this life real or not? And that we have some enemies that are unseen. We are battling not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in a different realm. Easy, easy. Let's keep going, yeah. 
the war room. Is this the Churchill one or the Maggie Thatcher one? The Christian one. I, yeah. It might be a, a, a sad indictment of me that I don't know the one Christian film. Uh, if it's a Christian film about prayer, I think the barber's got it covered. Uh, but any, any thoughts? It's just that. Just, just, sorry. Uh, wait there. Uh, one more, one more at the back. Top Gun. Oh, mate, I tell you what, these Pharisees were so annoyed at this young maverick who came to do it a different way, who could do things that they couldn't do, that he showed a new way of being, that ultimately the story of the Bible is about redemption, someone who makes mistakes, someone who's trying to run from their old life to start something new. How incredible is this book? Thank you. Thank you. Now, here's something that's interesting to me, however. In 2017, a survey of 8,150 adult Christians asked the question, what percentage of you never read the Bible? So they asked, do they read the Bible? Have a little chat together. What was the percentage in 2017 of people who said that they never read the Bible despite being adult Christians? Have a little chat. They never read the Bible. Adult Christians, have a little chat. Five, four, three, two, one. Shout out some answers. What do we got? 65%. 80%. 25%. You guys are suddenly alive again. The film thing's won you back. Okay. Uh, yeah, over here, Elena. 40. The correct answer is 55% said they never read their Bible. This was 2017. Apparently, it's, it's lower now, as in... Uh, less people reading. Okay. Next question. What percentage said they read, prayed, or did church every single week? Now, I want to be really clear. Reading the Bible, praying, and going to church every single week does not make you a Christian. They're good things to do to find out about faith, but we are believe that we are saved by faith through grace or by through faith by grace. And, um, and that means that we come to God because he wants to rescue us. But these are good things to do to go and learn about it. What percentage said they read, prayed, and did church every week? Have a quick chat together. Quick chat together. Uh, a quick, if some of you are going, well, it's obviously 45%. No, no, that's, that's not how this works. It's not the maths. 45. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, what percentage? What percentage? Yeah, Claire. 20, 11, 25. At the back, shout it loud. How much? 42% very specific. Yeah, shout it, my friend. 55%. Eight and a half. 15. Here we go. The correct answer was six. Whoa. Whoa. What percentage said that they read or listened to the Bible in an auditory form once a month? There's some great stuff out there to listen to it, to take it in. Uh, what percentage said they read or listened once a month? Have a little chat together. Ten seconds, have a little chat. Five, four, three, two, one. Here we go. Here we go. Yes, Jonna. 39, 15, 43, 28. Over 1% is probably correct, we hope. 
One more. 68%. Here we go. 14. What percentage identified as followers of Jesus instead of simply Christian in the survey read their Bible at least monthly? You were able to sort of describe yourself and how you did faith. And some people said, I'm a follower of Jesus. I mean, they're the same thing in lots of ways. But people that said that, um, have a little chat. Have a little chat. Read their Bible at least monthly. Yeah, at least monthly. So this is a smaller group within. Five. Four. Three, two, one. Here we go. 79. 65. 26. Six. Let's have a look. 56%. Now, it's interesting because it's a bit artificial. This was mainly done in the Church of England, um, uh, although there were others who were involved as well. And, and I want to challenge us, I guess, that, that let me say this. Have any of you ever had someone you love or care about, whether that's romantic or like a family relationship, where when they sent a message, it moved you and it was something important? You've ever had that moment and you wanted to kind of find out more? Uh, maybe they were in hospital and, and you were looking out for it. Part of me wants to say look, the, the, the Bible needs to be something that moves us and, and shapes us. It's got something interesting to say. And yet many of us, many of us um, are not in it enough. Now, I don't like going to church where they go, you must read your Bible more. You can read the Bible forever and ever and ever. There was once a guy who was imprisoned by the Spanish Inquisition, and all they gave him for seven years was a Bible. Okay? When they opened up, this is a true story, when they opened up his cell after seven years, what they discovered was on all the walls he'd written things like, in the Bible, the word elephant is mentioned this many times. This is the name mentioned this many times. You could be in the Bible and it not change you, I've met some people that have gone, I've gone through the Bible loads and loads and loads, and it doesn't really move me. And part of me wants to say to you, let the Bible move through you. Don't you move through it. Let the Bible move through you. Let it speak to you. It still speaks, despite being an ancient book, in a way about life and the world and culture that resonates and, and seems true. It echoes with my view of self, my view of others. It gives us a, a glorious way to live. Even if it weren't true, and it is, even if it weren't true, what a glorious life. Live a life for others. Love your neighbor as yourself. Leave it better than you found it. What a glorious life. But how much more that it says, this thing we all face one day, death, God says you're not there alone. Quick question. How many of you on aeroplanes will read the safety manual when they ask you to? Quick show of hands. Wow. And the rest of you just switched off. Oh, no, no, you just, not sure. You trust in the Lord. That may be true, but also I want to trust in the designer that tells you where the doors are on the 747. Like, um, so I guess I want to encourage us to do it. So really quickly, here's what the Bible says really quickly. Shh, shh, shh. Uh, Daniel, thank you. The word of God is alive and active. Why wouldn't you want to be in it? Imagine picking up a book that is alive and has something to say to you. Why wouldn't you want to be in it? There are people in this room who at just the right time, they open up the Bible and it said something to them that profoundly changed everything. More than that, the word of God is not just the book. It's God himself speaking through this thing we have. It's alive and active today. I don't know about you. Sometimes when I feel dead and inactive, I would love a book that says, here's life, here's vitality. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. Actually, it speaks with a clarity about life and what we are. Why wouldn't you want to be in it and through it? It can help us in this confused time to think about what do we think? What do we know? As a church, I know we're going through some difficult discussions about how we do that together, but that's the joy of it. We can use 
the word of God to shape and guide us. It penetrates, and I love this, even to dividing physical things, but also the soul. The Bible is full of things that talk about eternity, talks about important things. I'm tired of self-help books that are going to get me lighter in my coffin. What I want is a book that tells me there's life beyond. The challenge of Christianity is that we all stand before a God who is perfect and holy and we fall far short. But he sent a rescuer for us, a rescuer who is alive and active today in the church by the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage us. The Bible says that nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare. This is a really interesting bit. Just really quickly, my last bit today. Laid bare here is a picture of either an animal being sacrificed or someone about to be put under a sword, stretching their neck out so it can be exposed. It's quite a scary picture, actually. We often read this and go, oh, what a lovely verse. But actually, this is saying, nah, this is life and death. This is important. This is the man within this book has something to say. I want to encourage us to be a church that take uh, the word of God seriously. Jesus, first and foremost, he is the word of God. In the church through the spirit, but we learn about him through the word of God that we have. 